Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me, as always, a man who will likely win Defender of the Year before fullback, it's Harrison Crow. Say hey to everybody, Harrison. <laughs> That's a really good opener. I liked it. Man, like we take nine months, we take nine months, 10, 11 months off, and you're still with it. You you haven't you haven't dropped one step, right? I just dated it for nine months and just birthed it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's the elephant in the room, obviously. Uh, we've been gone for a long time. And, uh, well, I, I think that, uh, I, I don't want to speak for you, uh, but I think it's just been a crazy year, uh, for, you know, as that internet meme, the gestures at all of this, uh, kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a strange year and, um, I just kind of feel like, uh, you know, we were just kind of our heads were in other places and I think soccer wasn't, wasn't a huge thing uh, for, for me this, this season. Um, I, I look forward to it being important again, uh, but it just didn't quite, uh, <laughs> it didn't quite register uh, for me this year, but uh, it's good. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Things are settling down now, I think a little bit. And uh, yeah, I look forward to caring about, about the, the exploits of American soccer again. Yeah. It's, it, it, it took me a lot, uh, a lot to try to get comfortable with, a season even happening. And, and to be honest, I don't think I ever like settled into it actually being okay. So much as I just acclimated to like the series of maybe bad decisions that led to let's continue to play. So, I mean, it's here. I I'm, I'm a little bit more tuned in. And I, like I said, I I've kind of adjusted myself to caring about it, like you said, but yeah, it's it, there. There's so much uh, from a political landscape that's that's starting to reset. There, there's so much from a world health uh, perspective that's you're starting to now see things. At least, kind of like a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel that maybe things might be right. Um, yeah, there's hope, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think at times too, it was just one of those things where I kind of felt like our place in this landscape of um, you know, American soccer discussion or punditry or analysis, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I kind of felt like everything that was happening this year just sort of defied analysis in a way, just because like, how do you break this down? <laughs> like, it, it was just so unusual, you know, like, okay, there's this MLS is back tournament and that's all of a sudden part of the regular season. That's all of a sudden a big deal. But some of the like we didn't even get all the teams in there. Then we got this like regional season where nobody plays each other, but or like nobody like crosses regions to play. So you're playing the same four teams over and over again. And maybe that was a missed opportunity. Maybe that was a great time for some interesting analysis. But for me, I just kind of kept looking at this stuff whenever I try to dig into like find something interesting and like like draw like a well, what does this mean? Uh, I just drew a lot of blanks because I think it was just too too much of an outlier. All the well, things that were happening. No, I totally agree with you. There, yes, there could have been some interesting analysis. And yes, we could have kind of maybe compartmentalized uh, some. There was an opportunity to compartmentalize some things and, and maybe learn some things that we hadn't previously. Uh, I think more of I was just annoyed with the fact that they're trying to put emphasis on these like the tournament that honestly just didn't seem to matter to me. Uh, so the, the, <laughs> yeah. this tournament now, all of a sudden, which, as you said, nobody, not every team is actually showing up for that didn't have the majority of its starting lineup or even healthy uh, lineup uh, there. And every team was out of shape coming into this tournament. And I think you got the sense too, that the players were just kind of like not into it. I kind of worried about this whole thing. Like that was back when we still were kind of in this period of like, we didn't know what this was, what this was going to be yet. And this just seemed really soon. And it seemed really, um, uh, it seemed like I, I questioned the decision and I understand why they did it. I understand from, you know, a financial perspective, you know, their hand was forced here. I know that there were sponsorship commitments to make and to keep and, you know, to get this, get soccer on the air. And I know that just not doing anything this year would have been pretty catastrophic for the league. So I, I, I do understand why it happened. Uh, but at the same time, it, it just kind of felt like, what is, what is this tournament? What are we doing? Um, and then when they kind of went in and said like, oh, and by the way, this doesn't just count for this tournament. Also, it's the part of the regular season and also CCL. So there. Oh, right. And, and honestly, I could have gotten into the tournament eventually. Like I could have found myself. But as soon as they started 
levying the the CCL bids onto that. That's when I started. Honestly, that's when I like. I kind of got angry at it and, and became more. I, I don't know. I just became kind of a petulant child to where like, well, now I'm not going to pay attention to this. Screw you. So thanks. I'm going to, I'm going to take my ball and go home. That's and right. That's right. Maybe that's and not fair. It was easy because I was already home and not. Right. It's <laughs> true. So I'm just going to keep my ball at home and stay here for another five months. Uh, <laughs> so it's it certainly, I, I don't think that, you know, we, we have to justify ourselves or anything like that but i did want to just kind of explain just sort of where our heads were at with soccer and this year and uh um you know i'm glad we put i'm glad mls put something together i'm glad that the teams seem to have gotten out of this more or less intact and, and no one's gotten well people have definitely gotten sick but no one's gotten gravely ill um that, that we're aware of uh so so that that's all good i guess i'm happy to see that there's been at least from what we've heard, I don't think anyone's really had their careers put in jeopardy either, which I think this being an illness that really targets, you know, uh, the lungs and, and uh, the cardiovascular you know, system. I think that could have been really devastating for a lot of players. And so I'm really happy to see that there's uh, and maybe I'm missing something from the NWSL. Maybe I'm missing something from uh, another league that I really haven't been following. But for from MLS and from a headlines perspective, I don't feel like that anyone's stood out as uh as really being impacted uh, in, in a f- future career uh, sort of way, which is, you know, I think really, really, really happy to me. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that that obviously was the concern. And, um, you know, it's easy to kind of look back now and go, all right, well, maybe you were over overly cautious about that sort of thing. But, but I don't think so. I think if you go back into like that, go back into that context that we were in, you know, um, it was definitely a concern. And it was, it was still scary and it was still very weird. But, um, you know, here we are. We're at the end of it. We have completed, for better or worse, the 2020 Major League Soccer season. And a season like no other. And I hope that it, we never see another season like this because it was pretty terrible, frankly. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I know I don't want to discredit anybody that, that enjoyed it or any of the people at the league that, that worked hard on, on putting together a product that, that the best product they could. Uh, I think they certainly did the best they could given the circumstances that they were, they were, you know, they were facing, but I don't think I need to see Seattle play Portland again, ever. Uh, I don't think that we need to see uh, any of these rivalry matches that just sort of like got hammered into our heads over and over and over again. Um, I don't think that, uh, we got a very good sense of like who was good and who was bad. You know, I think we got some idea of it, but what if 2021 was anti-regional to where you played nobody <laughs> with <laughs> region at all. <laughs> okay. Everybody swapped the whole Eastern conference is the Western conference. Wait, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Nashville like jumped conferences in the middle of this year. No, I don't even know no. anymore. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually, it's funny because when I looked at my, uh, I was reviewing my preseason predictions and I had Nashville in the West and I got really confused because I was like, well, I have them in the East. I must've been a complete moron. And my editor not catch that. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently they, yeah, they, they switched over to the East uh, in, in June. So we had Canadian teams playing home games, not at home, sometimes at the stadium of their biggest rival. It was a strange year. It was not a, uh, you know, <laughs> it wasn't a great year of Major League Soccer. And it wasn't their fault. It wasn't Major League Soccer's fault. Uh, it was just circumstances. But but I really uh, would be very, very hopeful that we never have a season like this again. Yeah. And, and like you said, right, it, it's not to criticize anybody that had uh, their way in putting this together. They did what they could with the season. And that's really awesome to see. It's It's been awesome to see the professionals that have stepped up and tried to make the, this season. Uh, the, the coaching staffs that have stepped up. Uh, and really, like you said, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of heavy minutes that's been put on the players that have been put on the coaching staffs that they've had to turn around and have quick turnarounds with. And then they have games canceled after, you know, it, having a lot of uh, a lot of meetings towards, you know, preparing for that opponent and things change. They don't know who their opponents are going to be in two weeks, stuff like that. And, and you know what? Uh I'm really happy that we have uh, at least 
this community that we can kind of point to and say, well, thank you for at least trying to give something back. And I, I, I don't think that's nothing. I don't, I don't either. I, I don't, I don't want it. And, um, I'm not gonna feel like I didn't enjoy watching soccer sometimes. I think, I think we certainly did. Right. It was, uh, it, it's always fun to, to see the teams play. And, um, I, I, I do feel bad for like Miami a little bit and Nashville. I think this was a, a pretty rough year to be kind of introduced to the league, but, um, you know, they both made the playoffs. Yeah. But like, so did everybody in the East. So I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody. Not everybody. Not Atlanta. Not Atlanta. That's for sure. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's, let's stop philosophizing about this. Let's, let's get in. Let's do some, let's do some American soccer analysis, Harrison. What do you say? Um, well, uh, let's just, let's just, let, let's, okay. Let's, let, let's, let's pull the camera all the way out here. I'm going to go off rundown for a little bit for a second here. All right, do it. What would you say was the most interesting thing you saw in this unusual season? Like, what would you say was the thing that stood out to you the most? I kind of feel like there's just so many names that stepped up in big moments that weren't designated players. Or maybe uh, they're designated players, but they're lesser known designated players, right? Like the the striker pool itself uh, for MLS seems kind of weird. It doesn't feel like there is. I mean, you have Raul Ruiz Diaz, you you have a few other individuals that are, are scattered around the league that you know, right? I don't want to forget, but I'm going to forget inevitably counting them off. And I feel like there isn't. Maybe there's one or two that stand above the rest, but there's not really like this. Not like it's been over the years. I feel like there's a more diverse striker uh, and attacking pool than what there's been in in recent years. Well, I'll go one further and say I think it's been the year of the year of the midfielder, um, winger for sure. Yeah, uh, wing Cam even a little bit, but but definitely out wing. I don't think you've had well, no, no Joseph, um, you know, because of the injuries. No. That's true. Um, uh, Chicharito was really terrible. Um, Zlatan's gone. Uh, you know, you lost like your, there wasn't this one goal scorer that was just like dominant. Um, and you know, carried a team on his back. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, some players didn't have, you know, good goal scoring seasons. Diego Rossi scored a lot of goals and Zardes and Rui Diaz. And, well, and Bradley Wright Phillips had a pretty good season himself. Robert too. Barrick. Was really good for Chicago. Oh yeah, he um, was. Morris was excellent for Seattle. He scored a lot. Not really a striker, but um, yeah, it, <clears throat> I thought that was a little bit interesting that, that we didn't have that kind of. Um, this is the guy, like one one guy that's scoring like thirty goals, and obviously they weren't going to because there just weren't enough games. But but they, yeah, I do think that was interesting. I thought this was more the year of the midfielder um, and a, a good year for defenders. So yeah, I would agree with that. that that's interesting. Um, I would have to say I'd have to say that's a, that's a good answer to my uh, to my on the spot question for you there. I I think if I had to to kind of go with that as well, I think I would just say that uh, uh, you know the things that surprised me the most this year were like um, I really expected the Los Angeles Galaxy to be better than they were. <laughs> I was really really surprised at how bad they were, and I don't know why. Like I wrote the season preview for them, and I pointed out that there was like. There was a there was a very possible world in which they were terrible, um, but I just didn't see it happening. It was just one of those I, I would have given it like a like a like a thirty percent chance, and we just got that one. I I feel like it's much lower though than that because you think about Guillermo Berescoloto is not. I mean, we can hear all these you know, afterwards reports about how he lost the locker room and how he's not necessarily a tactician that, that they a strong tactician that they needed in there. But I, I feel like this is all kind of quick after the, you know, after the body's dead, you know, kind of blame game bull crap. Yeah. Just doing some postmortem in hindsight, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and look, it, this was a really, I mean, even looking at it, right. They had a strong team. Even the the players, there's a lot of players that had strong seasons in and of themselves uh, this season. I, I mean, that's that's maybe not the entire squad, right? Like, obviously, there there's there's pieces. Chicharito had a terrible year, but you know, uh, Pavon was really good. Pavon was good. Yeah. Steres actually wasn't that bad. Um, no, honestly, he really wasn't. 
uh, Rolf Fletcher continues to be pretty, uh, be pretty solid. Uh, Julian uh, Rahu. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, there, there's, we, there is plenty of standout players uh, and having different moments and stuff that I, I thought were in and of themselves. They're pretty good. Maybe not great, but they're pretty good enough that you would kind of see these individual players and um, yeah, you see these individual things. Yeah. This is a team, maybe not a contender, but uh, I mean, certainly a eight seed, right? Certainly a seven seed. I mean, you got to think about how they had this going into this year. You know, you were looking at, okay, we got Pavon, we got Alexander Katai, we got Chicharito, we got Legette. Like, that looked like a legit attack. And then Katai was, well, that was. <laughs> I almost brought that up, but I was like, I'm not going to go uh, down there. <laughs> boy, that, was, uh, uh, that was a low point. That was a low point. Uh, you know, and then uh, Chicharito just simply just wasn't good um you know i think one of the things that we talked about before the year was just how this wasn't going to be a like-for-like replacement for ibrahimovic they were not the same player they were not the same they don't have the same ability they don't have the same tendencies they don't have the same skill set um i thought there was a a a situation which chicharito would be very very good fox in the box with guys like katai and pavon like providing service to him he was not you know, he wasn't always healthy either, but, but I think, you know, no matter what, you just have to look at that and go like, that was a disaster. Well, we also, they also had Alvarez who I thought was also going to be there to, to help out. And they had some, some really good overlapping fullbacks that I thought were going to be able to come in, provide a little bit of service, some cutbacks that uh, back into the box that would really create some, uh, some passing lanes and some opportunities for him. I thought he would have, like, I didn't think it was crazy that people were saying 20 goals for him. No, I would have, I would have, if I would have not that money on it. Yeah. I would not have bet two. Um, so that, that, that was my biggest surprise that. And then obviously the other surprising team, I think was Atlanta. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I wasn't really surprised that that didn't, that I did not expect them to be as bad as they were, but I also didn't expect Joseph Martinez to be injured. Um, but I think when we looked at like all those players that were leaving and the guys that were coming to replace them, it was like, what, what are they doing? Like <laughs> they've given away all their good players and like they've brought in pretty average guys to come in and kind of fill these roles. And I, you know, I know a lot of people will talk about the war. I know a lot of people will talk about, Oh, like the philosophy and the locker room, but it's, I think the main, like target has to be on like who constructed that roster this season. Well, it's the same people that have been constructing the roster, uh, outside of Tata Martino, I mean, yeah. When you go back and like uh, since like that first year where they hit like so many targets, like they just hit like on so many, getting in like uh, Gonzalo Perez and Martinez and Almiron and even like Viaba and like uh, bringing in Parkhurst, like you know, just just crushed it, just crushed it. Uh, you know, it's been a string of just pretty big whiffs since then for a couple years now. And so, yeah, you, you missed that many in a row. And like, you look at that team now and go like, okay, who's the best player on this team? If, if Martinez is injured, then I, I don't know, Barco, I guess kind of. Well, and that's the thing, right? If Barco is a, tam- if Barco <laughs> is a, tam- a conversation, like that's a problem. Big red, big red's always in the conversation, but I mean, come on. It's not as if retrospectively, you can say that if Barco was a Tam player that, you wouldn't just say, oh, he, he has too much being thrust upon him. He's a pretty good player. He's a pretty yeah, good player. He's not a right. great player. The problem is, is that people can't, and, and in this league, rightfully so, you can't differentiate the amount that it took to get you there. Your cost better be at least somewhat associated with your production or greater than. Well, and it's ironic too, because it's not that in Major League Soccer, that's such anything beyond that DP threshold is just whatever. Like that's not money that should really bother a fan that much. Like assuming your club ha- still has enough to spend, which I think Atlanta did. So, you know, like 16 million, 8 million, like what's the difference? Like for, well, the, di- the difference in this, in this context is they don't have a slot to go bring in that next player to supplement him. Right. Like they can't just keep him, and bring somebody else in now he has to produce or they have to find somebody at a below pay cost level to (laughs) do 
to do what Almiron or what, you know, what they expected PT Martinez to do. Right. Uh, he now is filling. That's why I say it, your production has to correlate to either your DP position or better mm-hmm. or your, co- your, your budget charge. It has to, I think, I think like even like as a DP, Barco on a lot of other MLS teams would look fine, even at his production. Like he'd be like, all right, well, you know, that's <laughs> not a terrible. Like if you just gave him like if you didn't if you took away like the cost and just gave him like a standard like six million dollar signing or whatever, and he played for Chicago, he'd be like, all right, that went okay. I think it would have been worse in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're you're not wrong. Like if you had if just if Joseph played this entire season, you're right. You know, Barco probably looks and and this was my thought process. Right, I thought for sure Atlanta was going to take a step back this season. I really did. I thought Atlanta was going to take a step back. I thought it, uh, PT Martinez was probably again going to have a really sub season it turns out he gets sold uh that's pro- really not surprising to me you know um, they made a profit off that guy somehow that's so that's off yeah it's incredible darren eels man well i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna congratulate darren eels on a job well done this year because <laughs> it was it was overall not a job well done at all uh they i think they were very fortunate to find a team that was willing to like bail them out of that investment I, th- I think it's crazy, but you know, again, I think it's I, his ability to see he, he's not responsible for a targeting and identifying talent. His job is in negotiation. I know, but you're talking about like he bought that guy. <laughs> I mean, like he bought that guy. He paid a lot for Barco. Yeah, you but know, like he's he's under the impression this is this is who I'm supposed to get. All right, I right? Yeah, I'm not going to play the blame game in the front office. I think as a whole. They did not cover themselves with glory. I think I think Barco and PT under Tata Martino, I think it's a different outcome. It might work Honest, better. I, it might have worked better, and I don't think we can really know for sure. I think it's hard yeah. to say one way or the other. Um, what we have is what is in front of us. I think Jurgen Dam uh, is going to be a net win eventually for atlanta once they get a coach to come in oh and I, they can, I don't believe that at all really yes absolutely i knew you i knew you felt that way oh i think he's I, terrible I, I i actually think that he's one of the few players that gave me a little bit of promise about this about this wow. season yeah huh. no i was i was about to mock that incessantly but, but okay I, I i have a i have a really soft spot for him uh with t grace uh i i really liked watching him so uh bad for him for them though he, I, he was I never I never thought that I like people yeah I've heard you're not the first person to say that I've heard people be uh underwhelmed with him they couldn't wait to get rid of that guy I don't know I don't know maybe a couple of ga- watching the right games and having FIFA 18 for so long ruined there me I don't See, know is, I don't know this was this is a FIFA signing okay like this is a guy that like everybody <laughs> had it is. because this pace was so high and that's the only thing that matters in FIFA and so everyone was like, this guy is good. And you just go look at that guy. Like, I just took, like, random segments of him. Because I just wanted to make sure. I just went back on, like, Scout and just pulled random clips of, like, him just dribbling and crossing. Just random. Sco- and it was, like, the worst thing. Like, I could just randomly pull any section of his career. G Plus like, has his dribbling is- really well. Oh. Like that, And that's, honestly, that's what I thought. I thought, you know what? He kind of has the makings to do the things that Tata Martino kind of set out right like he can dribble in the open field he can make some not terrible passes was long gone by then no no I, I i know he is i know he is but that's still going to be i honestly i think that that's what they want to play i think that that the people that are left behind that's still like what fans people at the club that's still what they want they want this up-tempo exciting team yeah and I think that Jurgen Dam is going to play a, a role in that. And I think he can. I think he can be effective at, at small uh, link-up interchange, give-and-go uh, opportunities with Joseph Martinez. And I think he's going to be really exciting. I think the problem with going back to Ezekiel Barco on the other side is that Barco has to stay on the outside. He can't come inside. He's just, for time and time again, he continues to get boss on the inside. He, his dribbling is uh, really good 1v1. Uh, against fullbacks, but as soon as he cuts into set that center backs, I think he has a lot of problems with that over physicality, and especially within MLS, the physicality that's allowed. All right, let's transition here. Let's transition away from Atlanta. We've said enough on a on a failure team that did not make the playoffs. <laughs> 
Shame on you, Atlanta. I, li- I like how I, I like how in the rebrand we're just leaning right into that that. Yeah, the, the one the one regret I have for not being more engaged with covering or analyzing Major League Soccer this season is that like, this was a great opportunity to just like dump all over Atlanta, and I I just never got got around to it. So uh, forgiveness. Things will get better for you, Atlanta. Don't worry. It happens to every team. It happens to everybody. All right. Let's talk about awards. Speaking of things that don't change, thinking of things that don't change. Uh, this was. Thus far, we haven't heard all of them yet. I don't think, unless I've missed them. Um, like MVP still out there. I yeah, think we don't MVP's know who won that. Newcomer of the year? Did they announce that? I think they did. That was Columbus guy, right? Zelarin. Lucas Zelarion named 2020 MLS Newcomer of the Year. All right, well, let's go ahead. Let's start at the back. Um, it's become a yearly tradition to get this award completely wrong, and so uh, congratulations, Andre Blake. You are the goalkeeper of the year. Um, Why do they get this wrong? What? what I, like, I, not, not this no one knows specifically. how to do this. No one knows how to do this. And so, so does that mean that we don't know how to do this? Like, serious yeah, question. In a way, in a way, yeah, in a way, I think we don't know either. I, I think I, I'm actually biased, but I think our advanced stats give us a much better idea than just looking at shutouts or goals allowed or save percentage. But I, I, I understand why some people are just like, no, I just use my eyes, man. I'm just like, I see, I see who's a difference maker, who's clutch, who's whatever. And I, and I don't think that people like watch a lot of soccer this year. Like, like usually like the media votes are pretty good and the player votes are like a uh, political and the club votes are kind of the same way. This year, the media votes were all over the place. Yeah, they really were. Some of them were supportive of the local team. Some of them were just supporting random other teams. Some of them might have just only watched the team they covered. And like, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. It's just like, you look at this and go, okay, like, and I, this isn't to say Andre Blake was bad. He was not bad. He was not bad. In fact, this was one of Andre Blake's better years. He's been pretty average, I think, for a lot of his, his tenure with Philadelphia. And I know that he got a lot of hype because he makes a lot of highlight level saves. Um, you know, we have our friend Bill Reno, who uh, made a really good video about pointing out why that wasn't very good indicator that he was actually a very good goalkeeper uh and so uh, you know but i think this year more common you know like even our metrics he's he's ahead he's 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 you know negative uh g minus xg but you know he's no matt turner is he no he is not a a, a matt turner by any res- respect regard he's not even a sean johnson <laughs> he's no dane st Clair. all right you know, this was another Matt Turner year. Matt Turner was incredible. Uh, like our statistics love him. I did not. I did not expect the Dane St. Clair shout there. Hey, there he is. He's right there in the top five, I think, of our stats. Uh, you know, it was Matt Turner. Matt Turner is a guy I, I do pay attention to. Um, I, I've been trying to like drive a Matt Turner hype train for a long time now, and uh, you know, you've been right there with me. Uh, so. And I, he's it's coming around, you know. We're starting to get that. We're starting to hear those U.S. men's national team whispers. Um, I'm, I'm glad. It makes I think it's more smile. than a whisper. I think he's number two right now in the poll. Yeah. Do, do you? I mean, seriously, do you do you see it that way? As best as I mean, I have no idea what what the pool is going to do on any given day. Uh, it should be. Uh, you know, I know that it's going to be tough to get Stefan out of that position, but I, I do think he's a better goalkeeper than Zach Stefan, and I'll I'll die on that hill. I, I, <laughs> it's 2020 come at me internet uh but but you know it, it just certainly like zach stefan has a bit of more prestigious club a bit more of a cachet um a bit more of a profile so i understand why he's getting that that you know goalkeeper is a big position of leadership you know it's good to have that kind of guy to have that sort of profile um i don't think zach stefan's a bad goalkeeper either far from it um, but I think Matt Turner is just a very, very good, very underappreciated guy. And I don't know if I stay in appreciate. He got second in the voting this year, I guess. Mm, barely. Yeah. Hey, you know, he, he, he's just great. He's he's just an excellent goalkeeper. And I really look forward to uh, him finally winning goalkeeper of the year. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he'll just be like Stefan Fry and it just will never happen for him. Oh, Lord. That's the sad part about it, right? Is like Stefan Fry should have at least two or three of them himself. Yeah, definitely two. Um, you could make a pretty good case for three, but I think Milia was was probably deserving that particular year. So that's just, if they never get this one right, and they didn't this year. 
congratulations, Andre Blake. You're not bad. And I, I know like you just look at like the, the 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 standings and you just search by like shutouts, you search by like who, who okay, what team gave up the fewest amount of goals. It's not the worst, it's not the worst metric. <laughs> I mean, it's not for, for a goalkeeper. That is their main job. Yes, it is, but at the same time, it, it's indicative of the defensive unit not of yeah. one specific player. And that's, that that's well. the dif- that's the difference between playing with, I don't know, a good defense and a bad one, uh, which to be perfectly honest, it's not as if New England was bad uh, per se. They no, just you don't weren't see, good as... They, don't, they didn't have Jack Elliott, Mark McKenzie, though, did they? Mark McKenzie was just, just insane. Yeah, he was. He was just insane, Harrison, uh, which is why he will not win Defender of the Year. He didn't. He did not. That's right. He didn't. He got second, right? Yeah. He got second. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> came out today. Today? No, actually it did. It was Walker, right? Walker yeah. Zimmerman got Walker, it. Walker Zimmerman right. got it. All right. Yeah, no, because him, Mensa, McKenzie, those were the three, right? And, and Jonathan Mensa, I get this shout out. Uh, Mensa has yeah. been really consistently very good for a number of years. He has a very good reputation. Just this is a hard thing to pick. And, um, you know, I feel very passionate about following the numbers on this kind of thing because i do think eye test just isn't good for defenders i think eye test isn't good for goalkeepers i think there's just too much else going on there um but i get it man you sort these teams by goals allowed and you see philadelphia had like the least amount of goals allowed you see like nashville wasn't that far behind them neither was columbus was right there you know for fewest goals allowed and you go okay well who is the biggest contributor to that and if you're philadelphia maybe you say that's andre blake i think it's obviously mark mckenzie or even, you know, one of the other guys. But, like, um, Nashville, they obviously said, hey, it's Walker Zimmerman, which, sure. <laughs> okay. The whole entire back half of Philadelphia's yeah, uh, right? defensive like, unit, from Kai Wagner to, like you said, Jack Elliott, Mark McKenzie. There, there, there's not, like, a... a goddess, yeah. Yeah, goddess. There, there's not, like, a... I. Uh, I guess. I mean, he plays a huge part of their. De- I mean, it's not as if their their defensive uh, capabilities start and stop with uh, no, just no, those no. four. But, you know, it's but- like you. I'm just saying, you could draw a whole circle around this unit and just go like, "This, this works. This is this was good." But it's a bit weird to like highlight one guy and go like, "Because of this, there's just too many moving parts." And I, I think that you just kind of have to say like, "Okay, you do." I mean, you do. You have to make a point. It's like who is like the standout guy on the best unit maybe is how I do it. And it seems like everybody, and forgive me, I've seen, I've watched three uh, Philly games this year. Everybody seems to be really high on Martinez uh, for, for Philly. He's really good uh, over the times that I watched him. G plus kind of disputes that, which is kind of interesting, especially when yeah. he draws comparisons to, uh, to Diego Shara, who uh, usually does really well by G plus standards. Uh, so well, D plus loved uh, Bedoya. So right, right, and, and I again, but if you deconstruct that, a lot of that comes from his pass from being involved in the passing game and the buildup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, I mean, again, I. So if we want to take that, when it comes to the defense and playing a defensive unit for defensive player of the year, do you just take every time they don't have the ball? Is that how you? Is it them playing without the ball at all? Is do you don't you don't consider goals being scored from that position? Like how how do you look at that, Harrison? I think this is like this is the biggest question in soccer analytics, isn't it? <laughs> like, no, because I think uh, from an analytic because honestly, analytics doesn't care about only providing one sort of value it's about maximizing your value well i think i think if you, you talk to like analysts they'd say that it, the hardest thing for them to do is to look at a set of numbers from a defender and go like that one's going to be good sure that's that's fair but here's my question is do we care about when we're voting for defensive player of the year do we care about their offensive ca- contributions yes i do okay so this is another thing I think because I think that's part of why Zimmerman wins, right? I feel like that's where he gets a little bit of extra edge. Okay, but if, if offensive is like a part of your, uh, you know, criterion, then like Anton Tinnerholm is the defender of the year. He just is. No, no. I mean, you're not getting any argument from from me. He is he is the highest rated defensive player in G plus, right? Yeah, not to, I mean, just take that out. I mean, like even traditional stats, like even just like watching him play, like 
he was incredible. Like, dude's great. Um, I, I think he was the most important player to play in defensive position, which just brings us back to kind of like, what is this? What does this word actually entail? Um, for me, I'm going to take it and say that it's the best defensive position player. I would include DMs in that as well. I um, uh, agreed. And uh, well, you know, it, I made I made the I made the argument uh, last year, right? For defensive players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, for K, um, or was it out to SD? You said I forget. Oh, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, so you know, there you go. That's a great example of it right there, too. Uh, just it's center back of the year, and if we're just going to keep giving it to a center back, no matter what anybody else in that that unit does, then let's just call it that, and let's come up with a different award for fullbacks. Let's give them an award too. Why not? The problem that I have with this is that you have these awards are tied to players' contracts. They're tied to incentives that players get, and not just incentives that players get, but teams too. Because LAFC just got uh, a little extra tam because Nashville uh, traded for Walker Zimmerman, and Walker Zimmerman won Defensive Player of the Year, which triggered a term of their trade. So uh, LAFC, gave LAFC actually, more money. So yeah, LAFC, you, uh, a little bit of a winner in that uh, in that award race. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd probably say that they were they were not winners in that trade overall, but their fans might erroneously. Yeah. I, I think it was <laughs> I, I think it was a great move. Honestly, I do. They they took they got a lot of resources out of that thing, and it, it's it was nice for that kind of move for this year for them, just because. I think people are kind of going to look back at this year and just kind of go, eh, well, no it, matter what. Yes, uh, I agreed. But at the same time, I feel like their uh, their problems were largely overblown. I think people got really excited over really, really minuscule things with that team, uh, with LAFC. I feel like LAFC struggled for a little bit and they struggled because, well, they had huge issues with health. They had issues with their best players. They had issues so many so many issues across the board i think i still think lfc are excellent team i you know i think it was just such a come down from last year where they were just so all conquering agreed like broke all of our metrics in half and um you know we're probably the greatest mls team we've seen but you know so definitely like just to come back and be a good team after that feels like a disaster um when it's not really it's just you know you can't do that every year especially when you know you're best players out the whole season until now he's back from just in time for the playoffs which is good news for lafc and bad news for anybody that has to face lafc in the playoffs <laughs> yeah. unless unless you can get diego rossi who is essentially the mvp of this of this season uh to test positive for covid um yeah oh wait that happened yeah that's it every time man I, if someone goes on a national break someone comes back with covid it's it's not a good idea, but I don't know what, what owners are, I don't know what teams are supposed to do about it. Cause these guys want to go play for their teams. National teams want them. Like these aren't friendlies. Yeah. They're, they're, they're huge world cup events and they have huge implications for their feder for their respective federations, especially when it comes to compensation for those federations. And yeah. And you, you just start tacking like two more weeks of absence on the end of like some of these people coming home and that's brutal for, you know, your, 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 your club teams. Yeah. Unless you're SKC. You know, that's your ass. You don't have to worry about it or whatever. Because you only you don't play anybody hard this year anyway, so who cares? Oh. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm coming at you, Sporting Kansas City. Okay, so that was Defender of the Year. I think we kind of both agree that should have been Tinderholm. Uh, if you're going to give it to a center back, I'm not sure how Zimmerman took it over McKenzie. I thought McKenzie checked all the boxes, um, you know, that Zimmerman did, and and maybe just not quite. I don't think he scored as much, um, but otherwise. Whatever. It's fine. Good job, uh, Walker Zimmerman. I like Walker Zimmerman. I don't know why I'm being negative on Walker Zimmerman right now. That does like some Walker weird Walker Zimmerman hate. Yeah, he's no, he's like fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's good. I like Walker Zimmerman. Uh, newcomer of the year. Uh, we did say what to uh, Lucas Zalaren at Columbus. That's that's fine. I, I think this was probably one that um, I had Joe Palo down for. Um, but but I, I can't really argue with the the guy at Columbus. That was, he was good. Columbus was very good this year. He was an important part of that. I have takes, but I'll, I'll eat them. Give me, give me the takes. I don't. We're here, we're here to give takes. I think next year he's going to be good, but he's going to be good for different reasons. <laughs> Zalaren? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how I much? Mean, am I saying his name wrong? Is it Zalaren? Like he has more syllables than I'm saying. Yeah. Like, every time I read it, I get confused. Yeah. See, I'm here. So, 
I look and when I read something, I often read it how my brain uh, erroneously uh, reads because I'm illiterate. <laughs> but I have it stuck in my head from listening to podcasts. So Zillarion is how I hear is people. It? Yes. Okay. That's cool. I, I'm sure I've heard it a number of times this year and it just never stuck. Yeah, Zillarion. Zillarion. I'll go with Zillarion. I like that. That makes more sense than it, what I was saying. It sounds sexy too. Like it doesn't. Yeah. It, it absolutely yeah. no, does. That's a newcomer of the year. Zillarion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good season for him. Um, that's fine. I'm into it. I, I think he won because Zardes was so good. Um, yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, that's there, there. There's your take. How do you like that? I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, Robert Barrett came in second there. He I, I would have. He, he's who I would have given the award to personally. But yeah, let's see. Goals added like uh, yeah, it was Palo. Goals added like Palo on that one. Um. So that's good. I'm fine with it. All right, let's uh, let's 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 get to the big one. Let's talk about MVP, uh, which has not yet been announced at the time of this recording. You got you got Pizuelo and Morris are probably your maybe your two favorites. You got Diego Rossi. You got Ladero in there. You got um, I think Andre Blake is in there. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, you're right, Andre Blake. That's right. All right, yeah. so I think Hart says Ladero. Um, mm-hmm. My mind says Pozuelo. I think it should be Morris. It's probably going to be Rossi. (laughs) 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 Can I I work through that? Did I work through that quite well enough? No, that's that's pretty good. I'm actually not. (laughs) I I don't disagree with just about any of that. Uh, I think ultimately Pozuelo will win it just through the power of narrative. Um, I think he just picked up that thing early in the year that like, this is the guy. And I think he started off so hot and people were he just did. excited. And then I think if you talk to TFC fans, they would tell you like towards the second half of the year, he really cooled off though. Um, and I don't think the same could be said of Morris, who I thought was excellent throughout. Agreed. Um, and I think he even numbers wise, uh, I think Pizuela has a couple more assists, but um, Morris has maybe a goal or two more, but then Pizuela had five penalties and Morris did all his from open play. I, I don't know for me, like numbers wise in my head, you know, G plus agrees. This was the Jordan Morris was the, was the most dangerous player in major league soccer this year. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, there's a huge gap between Rossi and Morris though. I really don't. I think, I, I think yeah, I didn't really, I, I hadn't really considered Rossi that much now that you mention it, but yeah, he, he did, he did a lot. I, 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 and I think that that's really where it's going to go. I, you know, you look at XG plus XA, uh, you know, he, he comes in second behind Pozuelo. Uh, like that's honestly, that's, that's where I would lean to. Um, I, I think, think that a lot, of, I think a lot of the reasons why I didn't really count him in this is I kind of feel like, and maybe incorrectly so, but the LAFC did not have as successful of a year as Seattle did or as Toronto did. Um, you know, I feel but like here, kind of here's like, the narrative part, right? Like, you, I, I know yeah. you, I know you love the narrative part. I love That's, the narrative. Give me the narrative for for Rossi. Rossi wins it right before he goes off and gets a huge transfer out. I mean, this is going to give LAFC a huge uh, uh, bargaining chip. Like, this is the MLS MVP of 2020, right? Like, and you uh, so you think the league's gonna? Yeah, I do. I, the scale I mean, I, I I hate I hate to say that like tinfoil. It sounds really tinfoil hat-ish. It does sound a little tinfoil. But, but come on, like it, there is uh, yeah. Yeah. Miguel Almiron had it right beforehand, and it, it was really split between him and Joseph. And there's a reason why it. it what, wait, Almiron win it? Did he not? I don't remember. Now I'm getting my stuff mixed up. This is what happens when you take a break, Ian. This yeah, is you what happens. Remember anything? No. Look, it. it I think that regardless of what happened to Elmeron, I, I think it'll be Rossi. Um, Puzuelo, it would be fine. I, I wouldn't be upset with it. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's a very good player. I think he had a very good uh, part of a year, um, maybe even a whole year. I don't. I, I didn't watch enough of him to say one way or another. I'll say every game I turned on um, that I did and the highlights that I saw of him are always captivating. Like he's not a, he's not a boring player to watch. No, he's definitely not. He's very exciting. I I think he's great. We, you know, uh, one of my, my chat groups, we just call him pause God. Like he's, yeah, (laughs) that's actually, that's pretty, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. He's just, he's pause God. Like that's just his deal. But I just, yeah. I mean, for me, there are games that I say he's always exciting. Just there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't come off. Right. 
Yeah, for me, like I just think it was uh, for me, it was always two horses, and uh, maybe Rossi's in there, and I just wasn't considering it enough. I don't know. I, I just it really always felt like it was going to be Morris or, or Pozuelo. And I think Ladero's inclusion here at the end is more of like a lifetime achievement award than anything. Do you which, think he's gone? No, no, I don't. You don't. Um, no, I no. <laughs> I think he's had like one of his. This might be the second best season he's had with Seattle. And uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. You think he, they're going to pick? Both sides are going to pick up the option. and They're going to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think they would. I mean, if nothing else, I think Seattle don't want to have to shell out another transfer fee if they don't have to. That's actually a pretty valid point. Yeah, I, I think you might be able to find a better guy for like seven million dollars, but Ladera's well, still going to be pretty, pretty dang good next year for for not that. So I think they keep him going. I don't know. They got that Ken Griffey Jr. money, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, yeah. So it was, it was, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, my head, my head's on Morris. Uh, I'll go with the heart for Ladero, too. Just I think that um, it's bizarre. I thought there was actually a really good article from, from Andrew Weeby, uh, of all, of all people, who talked about uh, if there was an MVP of the last five years, <laughs> like it would be Ladero, even though. He never won it once or was even really considered an any specific year. And I think that's probably a pretty fair take. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's going to be him. I think it's probably going to be Pozuelo. The year that Valeri won it, didn't he go up against uh, Ladero for, for the MVP? I don't, I don't remember Ladero ever being in like that conversation. I don't think Ladero's even made a best 11. Uh, I, I, I don't think you're wrong, but that's kind of, I mean, that's... That's that's when like people are like, oh, I don't know if he's a best eleven, dude. There's so many people that could be best eleven that yeah. end up being best eleven over like really. But if you're not, weird if you crap. don't make best eleven, you're probably not in like the top two for MVP. Probably, probably. I'd have to look. I my my recollection and what I remember reading and that was that this was like the mo- the most that he's been in. Like the, the conversation. All right, right? set so, my recollection. All right, settle down. You're not. You're, you're, you're not big tech. You don't need. Like you need to. Which is like MVP of the 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 playoffs in the second half of the season. So um, watching too much that. C-SPAN. Yeah, you know I, I am. I gotta get in there. <laughs> uh, my political mind going. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's awards. Do you, do you want? You didn't want to talk about uh, young player of the year. We talk about McKenzie versus Rossi. I don't care. Give it to Rossi, whatever. I mean, because that's kind of what it is, right? No, it's fine. <laughs> he honestly just had forgot that was an award because they changed it this year, didn't they? Yeah, it was like rookie of the year. And I don't even know who's... Who, oh, Rossi, Rossi, Rossi won. Rossi's eligible for it. He's going to win that one. Oh, yeah, he won it. Sorry. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> I don't I don't disagree. Uh, that's, that's it, it was, it was uh, McKenzie, uh, Rossi, and uh, Aronson. I think. Yeah, that's going to be Rossi. I think Aronson, you know, was if you cut the age down a lot, he would have been that guy. And I think if we were doing like a straight up rookie of the year, like we used to do, I don't know, DK, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. All right. Uh, some some Harrison and Ian awards real quick. Uh, oh, most goodness. improved team this year from last year. Nashville? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I don't think so. I don't think that works. <laughs> Orlando, right? It's got to be Orlando. Yeah, it's got to be Orlando. Um, I mean, you make Philly also big, big improvements, big strides. Now, Philly's, uh, I don't They get were this. really good I last year, though, too. They've been good for a couple years. And uh, for people to keep consistent, people haven't been buying and drinking the Kool-Aid until they actually won a trophy. Uh, it's been weird. The idea was that they were just going to give the trophy to Toronto up until August. And then, oh, Philly, st- it was kind of like, oh, Philly's still playing games. All right, we'll we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get to that here. That's that's our closing statement. We'll talk okay. about the playoffs and supporter shield and stuff. But, but yeah, Orlando's Orlando Columbus probably has a good shout. Uh sporting sporting Kansas City. I know you hate nope. on them right now. Nope. Shh, shh. Oh, I guess because they were so terrible last year, they, technically, yeah. They were the worst weren't they the worst team in They were one of the worst year? teams. They were one of the worst teams. They were near the bottom. Um, but I don't think, I mean, they're better for sure, but I, they're that, that first seed in the West thing is that is, that is very kind. They played a very easy schedule. <laughs> um, I, I think that you put Portland or Seattle or LAFC in their schedule. And I don't, I think they lose maybe two games. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it all pans out. But I think that that first seed's soft for them. I don't think they're bad or anything like that. I just, I think that that. Saying like, oh, we went from worst to first. I think that first is a little soft. I'm just gonna say that. I, I, I it's hard. It's it's really hard to say, right? It is. 
that's the problem with this year. But but that's just my take on it. I'm sure SKC fans will get at me in the comments or whatever they say. But yeah, no, I, it's Orlando. I mean, just simply from where they were, like just such a, a, a dysfunctional franchise into looking like a competent MLS team. Um, you know, and it, it, it kind of came from cool places and it was really cool that they just said like, DK, you know what, just get in there just do it. And he looks amazing. It looks like he's going to be a good player for years for them. Um, I think Pereja is obviously a very good coach and he's a, he's a well, uh, respected coach. He's a well-liked coach and a well-liked figure in this, in this league. So, um, that certainly put a much better face on a franchise. I think that had a big frown on it for a long time. So I would, I would say that they are, um, do you have a, do you have a most improved player? Do you have anybody off the top of your head that you can think of? No, I don't think anybody off the uh, specifically off top. Well, Tata Cassianos might be in there, uh, just with get, okay. it, not that okay. he's necessarily improved so much as he just got more time, I guess, in the position. Maybe uh, Kyoto uh, over in Montreal, who stepped yeah, up. I was going to say Kyoto. Yeah, uh, those, for sure. Those are the two that I'm kind of thinking of. I think of. Kyoto's deal in Houston was always he was good. He just was kind of a jerk. Um, and he just wasn't a very good like team guy. Like, they just didn't really. I don't think they had any problems with his ability. I think they just didn't really like having him around. Yeah, I think him getting yeah. on the field was also an issue towards his time there too. Yeah, and like he just wasn't. He wasn't like a. I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn on that. But, but you know, he, it, it, he it, also it, shifted to a new position this year, right? Like he yeah. actually spent like over a thousand minutes at striker, which you know, largely yeah. on the wing. Uh, for he was our Houston, he was so. our goals our goals added striker of the year. Yeah, yeah, which is like blew me away when I actually saw that because I had to go back. I actually looked up to see how many minutes he he actually played at striker because I thought it was not nothing. It's not nothing. Uh, You know, I think with a guy like that too, you put him on. I I don't know. I think he sees a guy like Henri. You know, just an absolute like just utter legend. You know, I I think he's just gonna fall more in line to a guy like that, and I think he did. Well, that was kind of our, our theory at the beginning of the season, right? I think yeah. both of us yeah, we did say that. talked about that. <laughs> and, and we thought it could go one of either two ways. Either Henri was just basically going to cut him and just be like, yeah, I'm not taking your crap. Or he was going to straighten him out. I think he straightened him out. I think that they have they have some good things to look forward to there. And I think that Montreal are a, you know, a better team for it. Uh, anybody but, but a Rudy up there, right? <laughs> they were one of the 10 teams that did make the playoffs this year. So it's so a good job. Uh, all right, let's do biggest underachiever team. We've kind of already talked about this. It's got to be Atlanta or LA, I think. Um, I'd give it to LA. I mean, six and one. And, I'm going to give it to Atlanta. I just think the expectations were higher as they always are. I, I think that their collapse was more predictable, but um, it was also more. I mean, you fire when you they, they fired their coach. They fired their coach like not even halfway through that that tournament. They like lost out of the tournament, and boom, they fired the coach. Didn't have it. Didn't ever have a second plan. Had an interim throughout the entire season. Yeah, like you Ooh, couldn't expect it. You, oh lord, I don't even know. That's a that is such a mess. That is one of the greatest messes right now in American soccer, and hardly any the. The lack of scrutiny on it uh, is kind of deafening. I feel like it's that, weird that they. I mean, they must have something big planned. Like they're not going. They're going to hire some name. Like they just. That's how they're going to want to do it. That's where they got the boar. Um, you know, they wanted to have another name guy in there, and it, you know, he was not. He's not a great manager. I'm not going to act like he was, and I don't think he's been a great manager anywhere for a long time. I don't think them cutting him was smart. Like I, I don't no, disagree. I, agree I don't. I yeah, don't disagree with certainly... any of your points. I think they should have seen it throughout the year because I, I, I honestly think they would have at least been able to salvage something. And I, but, think... I mean, I feel like if you were going like this is not what we want, then you should have known that at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't going to change. Or figured that out back in April or March when we stopped playing games and taking and just cut cut ways with them started working with other through other avenues other channels to start identifying who's going to take over for you when you pick games back up yeah there's just so much work to do on that team it's gonna be interesting but i I, for me they were they were i see the thing is i think la like they haven't been good for a while like so it's not like this was a huge fall from grace yeah but the, the the changes that they made from last season to this year Adding Pavon in the second half of last year, adding some uh, Sebastian Leggett taking uh, strides forward, adding Katai, adding these 
Chicharito. It, they seemed to strengthen the back of their uh, the back of their lineup. They looked healthy. There was reasons to be hopeful, and the idea that they had a coach, somebody that was going to be able to point them in in a direction that wasn't chaos. I mean, no disrespect to, C- to Siggy or his memory or to anybody else that <laughs> tried to take Odom Kinnear who tried to take the reins. I, I feel like there wasn't a unified approach. And for me, at the start of the season, I thought there might be. I mean, you had a Dennis DeClosta who was coming over, had a lot of hype around him and what he had done for the Mexican national team uh, for the past, you know, however, I don't know, five years, eight years that he had been there he had made some significant strides and him coming over and kind of having a unified vision with uh just seemed like that was going to, that felt like there was going to be serious movement there. And if not, they were going to be able to make some waves to bring some, something in. I was a real believer in that system. And for them just to implode on themselves, like I honestly think they gave, Barrow Scalotto, the the longest uh, Scalotto, the, the the longest leash they possibly could, and I think that it just it just was like, look, we can't take you on the bus because someone's gonna Too murder long you. Long of a leash, yeah. I, would say. I, I I legitimately think they just let him go for his own safety. Well, I mean, you look at like they were like a one point five PBG team last year. They were one this year. I mean, Atlanta on the other hand created from like one eight to less than a point per game this year but they had they lost their primary like their very best player that's true that's true but so did la i mean yeah you're right you're right dave yeah well la lost their very last player because he got fat <laughs> it's not a, it's, it's not a real award so okay we can just all right we can split it we'll we can split just say it. that Fine. they tied they both win they uh, both <laughs> or they both lose i don't know how we Nobody wins that award. Uh, and then uh, most disappointing player of the year. Uh, I've written down uh, Chicharito, which we discussed already. Uh, yeah, think, absolutely. Yeah, that's, a, that's a tough one. Okay. Let's, all right, let's, let's pull that camera back out, zoom back out again. What does it all mean, Harrison? What, is, what does this season mean? When we look back at this in like 10 years, what, what can, what, are we going to be able to say that Philly was the best team in the league this year? Are we gonna like? Are we gonna say actually the playoffs are probably a better measure of that? Are we gonna say? Well, yeah, it, MLS back tournament is where the real stuff was. <laughs> I think a lot of people are gonna men- remember the MLS's back tournament for just the chaos that it that it bred, the weird stuff that happened, Cincinnati winning two games, like just the the weirdest stuff just occurred during that during that brief window, and uh, there's some epic stories that kind of arose that. Uh, I feel like I kind of like looking back now, I feel like I kind of missed out. I have a little bit of FOMO that that's, that's driven from not paying attention and from hearing these stories second and third hand, like from people that, you know, other podcasts. And, you know, I, I, I feel like people are definitely going to remember that, but I do kind of feel like Philadelphia is going to be kind of a forgotten story. I feel like how bad Cincinnati was is going to end up being kind of a forgotten story because any other season, like the absolute uh, collapse of well, Cincinnati yeah. is going to be a huge story. That's going Atlanta. to be forgotten. I mean, like Atlanta, very lucky that they're going to kind of be let off a little bit this year because of just weirdness and stuff like that. You know, but okay, let's just, let me just ask you this then. I don't want to take the trophy away from Philadelphia. I don't, I don't I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do that. Their first trophy ever. I know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to take it from. Them. I like Philadelphia. I really do. Like, I, I think they had a really good story. I think they played some really good soccer. Hey, Philly. Ian's trying to take away your trophy. I'm just. I'm here trying I'm to just, protect it. I'm not. I'm not convinced that in a regular season that they would have come out on top. But I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I, okay. I, I here's what I'll say. I will say in. If we were to replay this season, we're probably not getting the same performances. I will totally agree with and totally back that idea. However, what they did and how they played above and outside their skin for three months, and they did, they played, things just went right for them. 
that wasn't a super easy schedule for them either. No, no, it wasn't. But but that's what I'm saying. Things just went right for them. They got shots off that had they had no business getting shots off, and they would magically go in. And I, I mean, no disrespect, but that season that's that was a season filled with a lot of luck. They got guys uh, Shabilko, who has chronic history of of health issues, to be healthy for the majority of the season. Bedoya healthy for the majority of the season. These are guys. That back line that was young stepped up. Andre Blake even had a good season. Andre Blake has never had a good season in Beaver. <laughs> that's 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 partly the whole reason to give him an award is so he can remember. So he can remember how good it felt to be good for once. Just um, give him a year. Just give him. A, just give him a trophy. Everything went right for Philadelphia, and if you replay that season a dozen times, it probably happens once, maybe twice. That's not to say they're not good. I think Philadelphia is easily the top three team in the East. I just don't know that they are the Supporters' Shield winners good, right? Uh, on well, it- I think, let me clarify my take a bit. I would not, were it up to me, if Don Garber had texted me, and it said supporter shield lol question mark i would have been like lol no <laughs> the fact that don garber would send you a text message with lol in it is the most amazing bit of fan fiction I, i'm sure I he's a lot of fun i'm sure he's a fun texter i don't know um don't tip he gets it i i just i i, I it wasn't i mean you you're playing like not even your conference, you're playing like your region. It's like who played the best in their region compared to how other teams played in their region. And that's a weird thing to give a trophy for, I think. That being said, if you're going to give it to a team this year, I don't have any problem with it being Philadelphia. In fact, I'm happy for them. I think it's great. Um, I, I like what they do. I like I like the way they play. I like the way they build. Um, I like Jim Carton. I, I love that he's he went from being a guy that I thought was just two games away from losing his job for a long time to a guy that is now thought of as like one of the league's best coaches. Um, that's another word we forgot to talk about. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Jim Curtin. Yeah. It, it um, made sense. They tend to get that one, right? That one's kind of an easy one. Cause you just give it to the best team. Don't you? So I don't want to discredit Philadelphia. Well, at the same time, I want to say that I don't think that the supporter shield this year was a very good reflection of what the supporter shield usually is. And it's never perfect because it's never a balanced schedule, but it's closer. It's a lot closer than it was this year. Well, the fact that we're having conversations about strength of schedule, like people are actually having conversations. There's articles on MLS soccer.com, right? Yeah. And I mean, you look at, you look at that. Like, I don't even really know how to like, I never really understand strength of schedule that well. Cause I feel like, especially in this year, because you keep playing the same teams over again, like it kind of doesn't that sort of, isn't that the snake that kind of eats its own head a bit? I, I, I don't think so. And the reason why is because you're not quite regionalized, right? There's some, there's some overlap. And maybe yeah, like I, I would have to go like double most, check. I, I would like, have to double like, check. Do you lower your own strength of schedule if you keep beating the teams you keep facing over and over again? Uh, yeah, them look worse? to some to some extent, it depends upon. All right, maybe it's not the snake eating its own tail, but he's nibbling on its own tail. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's just such an unusual year. I, I don't care. Philadelphia, congratulations. I'm sorry. I'm being negative. I shouldn't be. Good job. Good job, Philadelphia. So uh, I had this in the in the remarks, and I'm sure this is kind of where this this conversation was all leaning leaning towards. Do the playoffs matter more this year than in previous years? Which, I mean, I, I feel like the answer is yes. Yeah, if Philadelphia can go and win MLS Cup, end of discussion. It's a very legit double. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's cool. That's good enough for me. But more people are going to remember the playoffs than they are the regular season. They do every year. I mean, it just is the way it's set up. You know, you put the star on the jersey for the team that wins the MLS Cup. Uh, I've never thought that was the right way to do it, but it, no one's ever asked me. Don Carver does not actually text me. Um, I don't, but you know, I think this year, especially at least you will have some East and West, well, one East and West team playing. Uh, so there will be both, both conferences involved in this, given how unbalanced the schedule was this year. I don't think the playoffs are any less telling or less significant than, than, than the regular season was this year. No, I, I, yeah. So if, so, so if sporting Kansas city wins MLS cup, MLS cup. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I'll discredit that. Because sure. <laughs> they got that one seed and it was a really easy schedule they had. Um, but I don't I don't think they will. They might. I don't know. Orlando might win. Anybody could. Colorado might win. I don't know. Colorado had like, they've got like four less games on their legs or something like that. Yeah, that is something to think about is it, not only do they have. LAFC is getting coronavirus right now. Like it's who knows? <laughs> like a lot can happen between, you know, they have to like write in special like tiebreakers and like special things to do in case like both teams get COVID and can't like play the game. It's so it's it's not. Yeah, it, I'm I'm currently looking up to see what needs to happen for Colorado to have a home game because I feel like they can still get a home game. Right. That's messed up because they really kind of screwed over some of those teams in the West. <laughs> like, <laughs> really messed up everybody's schedule a lot. And they, I, they missed a, like, what they missed. Like they played four less games than everybody. Mm-hmm. Still got four. more points than the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think. Boy, Colorado is so dark horsey, aren't they? They could just be like a little dark horse team. Oh, uh, no, they would, unless San Jose beats Sporting, which, I mean, not outside the, you know, the realm of possibilities. San Jose mm-hmm. is kind of this weird team that can do that. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh. I'd be fine with Philadelphia being remembered as the 2020 champs. I don't, I don't care about that. That's fine. I would be fine with if some teams. If Philadelphia won the MLS Cup, I'd be fine with that. If like Seattle or Portland won it, like I think they'd have legitimate cases. Toronto, same thing. Columbus would have a very good argument for being the best team throughout the whole course of the year. You know, but it's the same as any other year, isn't it? Like you just you just take what it is. Sure. You know, some team's gonna get the star, they're gonna get the nice pictures, they get to, you know, do a little parade, maybe. Nice little parade. Sounds fun. I guess we can't do parades, can we? So so who do you take New England or Montreal tomorrow? I go with my boy Matt Turner, man. Okay, leading the victory. Yeah, Nashville, yeah. Miami. You picking the local team? That's a that's a tough one. I'm actually gonna pick Miami. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Just a feeling. I have no good reason for it, but I'm just you know, if I was gonna lay down some money, that's the bet I'd take on it. That's probably how I would do it. Yeah, I I I, I would love to say that I, I have every faith of uh, in Nashville and in that team. I mean, they have the better. Uh, XGD, you know, minus, but I don't know. It's so hard to say. I feel like, you know, the longer that Iguain is in Miami, the more that he adjusts and acclimates. And I don't know. It's been a, it's been a, the fact that Nashville and Miami are still standing after this being their first expansion year is a a credit to both those teams. I'm into it. That's kind of cool. They get to do a little playoff game. So, Uh, man, I hope next year is better. (laughs) <laughs> i really want to like have a i mean it's not going to be and you want to know why why is that austin's gonna come in and screw everything up with the standings austin uh mcconaughey we'll see i got good jerseys i like that all right yeah i think that's all i think we i think we covered we all crushed it i mean you know we we're we're getting our legs back a little bit i don't know if we're gonna do any more this year I, i'd like to i think it's fun to talk i think the playoffs will be interesting I think we have things to talk about just to pick up from, do. from the season. I think we need to kind of have a podcast with some guests to kind of talk about goals added and all that. That's yeah. been really cool over at ASA, um, the work this, those boys are doing. So, yeah, I won't give you a definite time or, or date or any, or a week that we'll do it, but I imagine we'll, we'll pop in here and say hey again before the before the end of the season. For 2021. Maybe do a little, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Maybe do some postseason, full postseason roundups on stuff and talk about the playoffs and stuff like that. So, as always, uh, thank you. Uh, all for listening we're sorry we were gone so long and uh you know uh hopefully we won't be gone that long ever again uh i want to thank my co-host harrison crow you can find him on twitter at harrison underscore crow uh you can find me on twitter at a handle for ian uh that's the the, the word for f-o-r um make sure to follow uh american soccer analysis on twitter that handle is at analysis evolved and visit the website at www.americansocceranalysis.com you know what Soccer may have stopped for a bit, but ASA did not. They kept going. They kept producing content. They invented a whole metric called Goals Added that's worth checking out and looking into. If you haven't been to the site this year, go check it out. Uh, new interactive table. Uh, we've got some new writers that are 
amazing. We got some some new metrics. We got just all kinds of interesting stuff going on over there. So it's definitely worth popping in and uh, seeing what you missed this year. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you again for sticking with us. Sorry we're gone. Uh, we'll see you next time. And until then, enjoy the soccer.